0: Realize that regardless of the outcome of your day, you did things with honorable
1: intentions. That's what leaders do. When people just forget the rules, sales, marketing, and just common courtesy, they still apply in the social media online space. In my opinion, it it really depends on infrastructure. If people live a certain
0: standard where they have electricity, a roof on their head, kids seem well-fed and happy, that's living.
1: Today, it is almost normal to go into debt if you are starting a new business. But Richard Blank did not do that. When he was 27, he moved to Costa Rica to start his business from scratch. On my podcast, I talked to him about doing business in Costa Rica, what it really means to be wealthy, and his passion about pinball machines. From what you wrote me, I think we have some things in common. Um, sure. So I, I recently, a couple of months ago, a month ago moved here to montenegro from from germany oh wow and um you moved to costa rica right yes when you were 27 that's what that you correct. sent me
0: yeah how old are you leon 27. <laughs> <My> <laughs> man that seems to be the magical age right is it yeah well look what happened to jim morrison and janice joplin and Jimi hendrix we also decided to live at 27. <laughs> so, I mean, it's <laughs> sometimes it's the age where you're not a child anymore, but you're still not a full-on adult because you don't have that adult experience, unless you really grew up fast. It's that time the kid really does leave the castle. That brave yeah. warrior is prepared in his 20s, and I think we're mature enough to have made that sort of big decision, Leon, so I'm proud of you, man. It's a big, <laughs> big step you made.
1: Well, thank you. Um, but... Do you think um, in in this generation, we are, or this generation needs more time to grow up? That's a great question.
0: It's really about the the invisible cage. And you've always talked about animals outgrowing the cage because of their wings. Or sometimes mm-hmm. you know, on a farm, when you leave a door open, the animal doesn't come back because you don't treat them well. You know, there's <laughs> there's certain sort of paces and patterns that, Children can do to grow that's healthy. I'm not asking you to break windows and jump off of you know ledges. But if a child wants to experiment in a mature way or show responsibility or or really have an interest in something, not because a puppet did it or it's a child's cartoon, I think you should nurture it. And so I guess I gravitated towards certain sports coaches and teachers and my family was supportive but they were protective. So a lot of it was holding me back from compared to the artist or athlete that told me to. And so you really have to do that sort of balance just to see what you can do. And so some decisions as well, you need to be selfish. Hmm. You you can't be forced into a career that you don't want to do. You can't marry someone that you're not in love with. And so you might need to stand your ground, but also make your argument and don't just cry and pout, but you, you really need to explain why you want to live your life and, and almost be romantic about it. It's scary because then you have to have that sort of commitment and follow through with it. And so you have to be very careful on, on some of these very large decisions. Now, you're Montenegro and my Costa Rica, we could always go home. It's not like a tattoo on our forehead. You know, it's it's something we're trying. Let's see how long the run goes for. And for me, it, it's been um, 23 years. And for you, my friend, the run has just begun. And so you're, you're realistic that way. And then you just start putting that aside and just thinking of the other things that are going to keep you on your toes. But growing up fast is being open-minded, is listening more than speaking. It, it's really... Getting out of that bubble or what you've been raised to believe, because there's a big world out there. And Germany, I've, most of the Germans I met when I lived in Spain my junior year in college, you, you spoke a minimum of three languages. And the, mm-hmm. the education was just top, top marks. It was quite intimidating. <laughs> well, what are you going to do? But, but you're, you're talking about structure and discipline, and I loved it. And so you're looking at certain values and culture. And so if you can take that sort of winning attitude that you have, and putting in other places, there's no reason why your experience there, Leon won't be amazing.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's something a lot of people want just to experience an adventure. But when it comes to doing it, then often the emotions also come up. And there are a lot of reasons why you shouldn't do it. And then I think a lot of people shaking out uh, when it comes to it. Um, I remember that I went right after school when I finished um, Abitur, which is uh, basically high school in Germany. And um, because I knew it was the right time um, to go, uh, I should say, I was in Australia for a a year after school. And this is kind of what led me to... um, move to Montenegro later on. But uh, Australia was really the spark that ignited it. And I knew that I had to do it after school because um, once you get um, in, in on with your career, you start building something, you don't have the time to experiment and go and go on to an adventure. And I think a lot of uh, young people, they uh, want to do it, but then there are a lot of reasons that they, that stops them from doing it. And then um, the time goes on, and it becomes less likely that they have this adventure. Um, But what I wanted to ask you is, uh, did you naturally um, always have been gravitated or um, um, pulled towards sales and marketing? Or is it something that you discovered?
0: I guess as a child, when I was raising money for my baseball little league team, It was easy for me to knock on a door and sell a candy bar. (laughs) That was pretty fun. And I guess being a waiter in college during the summers, I got a chance just to do these little quick interactions with people and just not make a mess. So I I saw there was positive reinforcement besides doing your job. If you go a little bit extra and knowing somebody's name or smiling or complimenting their taste in food or music and art, that's always got me a bigger tip. (laughs) <laughs> People usually <laughs> ask for my table. But um you had mentioned your your trips prior and my junior year I spent in Spain. So maybe that was the time where I hmm. realized I like being an expatriate. I like living abroad. I like the challenge and the languages. And you were mentioning life moving on. Well, I guess I didn't take such a permanent job post-grad. I worked for the importers of Corona. Okay. And and I was doing other smaller Jobs, but it was something where I didn't see a a long-term future or I wasn't satisfied. I just didn't taste it. And so I had this one in a million opportunity in August of 2000. It was only supposed to be for two months, but after trying it out, I decided to stay. And I was fortunate, Leon. It wasn't like I was just hanging out at the beach and, you know, painting shells. My friend owned a call center, quite a large call center. And I didn't start at sea level. I was, really learning the business from the inside out. Call centers, they have retention departments, customer support. They do have sales and lead generation. You also have human resources. They have recruitment and onboarding and training, affiliate management and search engine optimization. Wow. (laughs) So (laughs) you're telling me, even though I'm not going to Columbia Business School like my father, you know, Harvard Law, Like, grandpa, I was hands-on learning. Now, a lot of people take jobs for the money, and I totally agree with that. And what I was earning here was more than enough each month. But the experience, I should have been paying Mm -hmm. my friend or working for free. I mean, this was amazing. And it wasn't like um, a forced march. I was constantly volunteering to do training classes. May I sit in on HRs just to see how we're hiring people so I can get better people? Can I learn the retention department so I can assist with more proficient rebuttals so we're not pushing or we're not pulling? And so I was looking at vocabulary because English was their second language. I had that sort of advantage, Leon, so I was able to contribute in a certain way just to balance it better. So I found my niche. And then in my mm-hmm. mid-30s, I realized I wanted to start the company. But here's the cool part, my man. I started it as a blended center where I was renting a turnkey station. So I didn't buy the equipment and the space in the server room. So it was almost like renting a seat on an airplane. I could do it per month. Pay the overhead, mm-hmm. the taxes, the, the salary, make the margin. You scale accordingly, but you're paying top dollar. And then after a couple of years of doing that, I rented space, bought used equipment because there is a turnover in very large centers. Furniture and equipment for pennies on the dollar. was able to scale that way. And then about five years ago, we purchased this building, put on a third floor, and here we are with a capacity of 300 people.
1: And so it's flowing
0: steady. And if you can do things in cash, you can sleep well at night. You're not making desperate decisions because you owe money or things could be taken away from you. And so... You you don't need to rush the long play. These are the sort of steps that you take so you don't fall into holes or make mistakes, if that how makes did sense. You,
1: how, how did you make your decisions? Was it like a gut feeling or did you do a lot of thinking before you made a big dis- business decision?
0: That's an excellent question, Leon. Well, I, let's look at it two different ways. If it's a technical question, I would have to bring in my chief technical officer. <laughs> they understand the equipment in the server room and the questions that the client is asking. How about if they're looking for something specific in regards to the labor pool, I would need my human resources director who has a law degree and a director's degree to look into this to see if their special request could be granted. And then myself, let's look at it the real way. Am I capable of working with you? Are you able to have calm during chaos? Or are you just going to freak out and curse at me? How are you going to treat the people that we hire to work with you? Are you going to bold cap and yell at them? Are you going to give them positive or negative reinforcements? i got to make sure that you don't have a supervisor in your office that starts yelling at us. And so there are certain expectations that people have. i got to know if they're bringing things to the table that are prepared. Do they have a script? Has it been tested? Do you make these calls? Do you have metrics? Do you have recordings that I could listen to to gauge the sort of type of phone call that we're doing here now i can do it objectively i won't judge you unless it's gray area and shady then i will reject you but if you're just an insurance salesman a real estate guy working you know transportation you're a lawyer i'd be more than happy to make suggestions and listen to the tone and how you take and make these phone calls and a see if we're a good fit and be if we're able to scale your company. And so these are the sort of things at the stage of my business that allows me to make the most educated decision. But gut feeling, absolutely. If I don't get the warm fuzzies with somebody, it's definitely not gonna work. And you and I both know that.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I think the the gut feeling is so important, Um, not just in working with people, but usually I I have the feeling, you you get the feeling if it's right before you get the, uh, the logic or the logical reasoning behind the decision. And may I make a suggestion, Leon,
0: for my gut feeling? It's not because you look funny or you got a weird haircut or something. I don't judge you on that. But let's say you came into my office that morning and the individual that opened the door for you while you were coming in, you didn't say good morning, thank you, or even acknowledge them. Hmm. (laughs) Come on. Those are the sort of signs that I see. I, I, I want nice circles. I want people to have synergy. Imagine if that was the boss and you just didn't know, Mm, you know? I just want to see how people treat others. And so I'm willing to give benefits of the doubt. I'm willing to see what your personality is like. Barking dogs don't bite. The silent ones are gonna rip your hand off. So let's all calm down. Um, Can we have mutual common courtesies and respect? Can you remember people's names? Can you do turn-taking Leon? If we can have that sort of kindergarten green rug fun play mentality, then we have a foundation. That my brother is how I make the largest decisions in business to see if you Mm. are that person that can flow in a very nice way with my company culture. Yeah, I
1: I also think, um, especially today, often, people forget that Especially in the social media space where I work, uh, that in the end, even if we are uh, using videos and um, a lot, a lot of digital media, uh, that in the end we are still working with people. And um, I think, especially when it comes to market marketing, that's something people just forget the rules of sales, marketing, and just common courtesy uh, that applied to the last few decades they still apply in the social media online space and i think that's one of the things that um, a lot of companies and businesses don't understand when it comes to digital marketing do you have um, similar experiences with newer companies that uh, like i had um, that don't understand this that this applies to the digital world as well
0: yes i have a thought for you and And a suggestion, I love visuals, Okay, I like to tap into things. What you're saying, usually most advertisements to me are print. It's very rare that you get a painting. Same message, different delivery. Marketing should be done with due diligence, not just algorithms and things that AI gives you. For an example, Leon prior to making a phone call to the Liberty Corner podcast, I would definitely be looking up information about it. And so I could leave you a custom-made voicemail. Ask how Montenegro is doing, my man, do you miss (laughs) Germany? You know, especially during wintertime. Um, Maybe a custom-made email where we look into additional things that you're doing that are super cool, right? Because, well, it's not just a website. It could be a LinkedIn profile. It could be a Facebook page. It could be other groups that Leon belongs to. So is it guaranteeing the sale? No. But is it buying time with Leon? Absolutely. A hundred percent. It shows sincerity. So I call Leon's company and somebody answers, okay? And I'm going to say, hey, how's the Liberty Corner podcast doing today? I'm going to say it better than the person answering it. I'm not going to ask for Leon. You sound like a salesperson you use your anonymity i say the company better than who answers but whomever answers leon and this is where you get the most points my main man this is where you get a chance to do a positive escalation you have an assistant and this assistant transfers me to you because i properly introduced myself and i sold the sizzle but prior to that transfer i'm going to let them know how great they were when i do get transferred to you and i'm given the pass to pitch to leon Prior to even introduce myself, I'm gonna let you know how great your assistant is. And you're gonna say, that's amazing. I'm gonna say it verbally. I'm also gonna do it in writing. So when I call your company back through my pipeline of leads I'm building, your assistant will remember me, give me a hero's welcome, add to my momentum, give me more company culture, and assist me in getting that ball in the net with Leon. Because at the end of the day with Leon, he's thinking about the five companies he needs to choose from. I'm one of them. I'm a little more expensive. Interested. I'm a little further away. Odd. But he remembered my assistant. Oh, we were talking about Montenegro and pinball machines on the call for 10 minutes prior to even talking about the call center. And he followed up on time. So, you know what I'm thinking? My assistant loves him. He seems like a great guy. I'm going to give him a shot. And I get that all the time. I'm not as inexpensive as India and the Philippines but I'm giving that shot because I remember their assistant's name and let them know how amazing they are. And it's the truth too, because they passed me over to you. (laughs) So of course (laughs) I love them, but I started strong. I said, your name well, and that reduces defense. It allows someone to ask me a question of instead of who are you, it's, Oh, who are you? (laughs) So here we go. So my man, that's about a million dollars bit of advice on how to break this media and what people are doing, which is so plastic. Mm. I want painting, I want brushstrokes, I want Porlo Menos at least, a little bit of life to these phone calls. It doesn't have to be for 50 minutes, but it could be for 30 seconds. You can do just something, just enough to anchor, to buy another 30 seconds, pull yourself up, say what you got to say, and then you might get transferred to Leon. And then you're in the lion's den, then it's up to you.
1: Do you have maybe some uh, advice on how to get that sincerity that you are describing into more digital formats that we are using today. For example, uh, YouTube videos or um, posts on Facebook that a lot of brands are making. Do you have some idea how how could a company show their sincerity in in a social media post?
0: It's not the best bit of advice, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Artists are either commissioned or they do it for free on their own time with their own heart. A lot of the times the work that they do is plausible. People will buy it and it's great work. But Some of the masterpieces are done on their own time when they are just there for the love of it. I've always done my business with the faith in my art first, the money second, because when I've chased money, it clouds you. It gives you writer's block. If you lose your fidelity, if you lose the love, if you lose the passion of what got you into this, sure, I'm carrying some weight with administrative tasks and responsibilities with payroll and taxes. It's the price you pay. But I haven't lost the love for the art of speech and why I got into this in the first place. It just so happens that instead of burning out or leaving this industry, I rose to the occasion and built a center. So I'm a one in a million shot. I'm a little crazy like this because I'm trying to pay this forward. I'm a linguist. So to talk about my sincerity or talk about sincerity in regards to marketing, they really need to tap into the love first, not what you think the money is. Because it might be short money. You you might have the one guy that's the fancy dancy that comes in and buys maybe 10 pizzas from you that day. But you push the other guy aside because he's buying one. Are you crazy? The one guy comes in, he's buying for you for the next 20 years. He could have bought over a hundred pizzas and recommended you to ten of his people. I never get fooled on the ten pizza guy. That's the hot shot throwing cash around. He could be a one one-time player. Wants to come make camp, shake things up a bit, and then leave. Might tip, well, whatever, we talk about it. But they're a ship in the night. You look you you look at a little at a time equals a lot in the end. I love that one pizza guy. Because I was that one pizza guy. And I was waiting in line behind the 10 pizza guy, which now I'm going to be late because this cat's got 10 pizzas. But for some crazy reason, the guy stuck my pizza in with his pizza so he could still get his 10. But I don't have to wait for the 10. I was like third in. Do you see where I'm going, where everyone takes turns? He doesn't get full 10. That's a lot of line. It's not right. Not that Not that important. Dude, I live a block away, (laughs) you know, you're here on vacation with your family. This is a local place. And so you're asking me these questions, my friend. And so these things are a little bit deeper than the money. There's stories behind each person and each one's an iceberg. Hmm? An undercover boss. The guy in jeans is the millionaire. The silk suit wearing guy, (laughs) he owes money to everybody. So um, don't be fooled by masks. And I also agree, if you're going to be in this business of marketing and getting out there, then you are in this industry to show your art. Mm. Is it rejected? I don't know. Think about the artists that were playing the small venues. Did you ever see that photograph of the Beatles' first concert? It's like six people dancing in front of them in some sort of hall. They could have quit that day and said, yeah, no one's showing up. <laughs> you know, so you have to think of the artist in the beginning. That's the time when you tap into either yes or no, up or down. Light or dark, sweet or sour. Live your life, Leon. And sometimes the path is a little bit longer. And that's what makes the greater legend. The one that had that perseverance and endurance and made it over that third mountain when you thought he was already done. That's what being an entrepreneur is because all in all, my friend, it's a solo ride. You have people Mm. along the way helping you, backers, financiers, whatever's. You got your own eyes in the mirror, head on the pillow at night, your private thoughts. So my suggestion is to have that camel water desert philosophy thought more than the money thought because it'll get you more distance. You have good philosophy and spirituality and you smile and click your heels and you pay it forward with real sincere compliments for people. Don't kid yourself when people say nice things about you behind your back. That's how I rolled, my man, and and that's how it worked for me being a guest in this country for over two decades.
1: How um how is Costa Rica treating you? Is it? Oh, you need patience.
0: I'm from Philadelphia.
1: Hmm.
0: It's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I can yell in my car, but it's not going to move things faster. And it's kind of funny because on payday they have less tellers in the bank, but on a lazy Wednesday everyone's there. So um, different mentality.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Other problem. countries,
0: right? Yeah. You gotta learn to live in the twilight zone from time to time. And if you're willing <laughs> to accept that sort of stuff and just laugh at it like you and I do, Leon. Yeah, it's great. But no, in, in regards to living in a Central American tropical paradise, it's like, this is a dream. Once you leave the city, I mean, you're by waterfalls and beaches, best surfing in the world. Ah, oh, the fruit and the vegetables, seafood. I, and it's a beautiful culture. They have an expression called Pura Vida, which means pure life. It's the only democratic society in Central America. You're going to love this. You're a smart cat. They have a 95% literacy rate and the most neutral English accent in Central America. And companies such as Amazon, HP, Intel, and Oracle here. So our infrastructure is pretty solid. Medical tourism is good, too. So people are healthy. Pack's a punch, my friend. And you can live for a quarter of what you'd be spending in Germany or the United States here so a lot of people do retire here. Hmm. Um, I fell in love, married the girl of my dreams and um, really it's been a whirlwind. I do have a nice story to tell when I come back to family and class reunions. It's a little bit different.
1: How would you compare the living standard between um, Costa Rica and United States?
0: I would say it's second world getting very close to first world but there are certain areas that need to be fixed up in my opinion it, it really depends on infrastructure that's the thing cuz if people live a certain standard where they have electricity a roof on their head kids seem well fed and happy that's living i mean millionaires live in cabins in some places and some people can't afford mansions so to me i just think as long as you have a full belly right kids are clean house is neat i'm okay with that i I, you know there are certain sectors of costa rica that live exceptionally well you would might consider them even white elephant homes they're beautiful i mean they're exquisite and it's funny the real estate market here it it moves in a lot of areas but for me i was always looking for land because i like to run around I, i don't like neighbors too close to me so a lot of the properties mm. that we were looking at had a couple acres and it had views, maybe had water on it. So you can play in waterfalls and do some farming. And what do you say? I mean, you adjust your lifestyle. It's more natural and instead of having to be somewhere with concrete and lights and sound, I get more stimulation being somewhere where I'm under a gorgeous palm tree next to a lagoon with a waterfall right there and animals are running around like a Disney movie. Um, Yeah. <laughs> and, and you find your greatest peace with that, the things that don't cost money. And maybe I've made this adjustment, but I, I love this life here. You don't need air conditioning if you're living in certain areas, you don't need heat. I mean, the, the temperature is perfect. It's so lush and green and everything is so fresh. So I know you're gonna gain some weight here, probably some muscle because you'll be outside playing all day on these activities. You know what it feels like? It's like being 14 years old as an adult. You're in, in play land when you're in Costa Rica. How could you not love it?
1: Yeah, um, this is one of the things that surprised me here in Montenegro as well, uh, to get the perspective of what it really means to be wealthy or be or being poor or poverty. Because from Western standards, the people, most people that live here, they are poor. But uh, it, it doesn't feel like it because the homeowner rate here is much higher than in Germany. It's like 94% there is I have never seen a homeless person here in Montenegro and people make very have very low wages but they also don't pay a lot of rent most have houses and they usually tend to work in the summer months where there is a lot of tourism and the rest of the month rest of the year they basically take off and live at the beach and and in really nice scenery and that is really um, some perspective I got um, to what it means um, uh, about what it means for living standards, because you can live great in, in these poor, poor countries and um, it's not what one would think when, when you have been growing up in a Western society. And especially now in, in Western countries, I think with inflation, It's really evening out. I think it's much more attractive to come to a country like Costa Rica or Montenegro. um, Much more attractive maybe now than just a few years ago. Oh,
0: Definitely. You made me think of something. Mm -hmm. I had an agent probably about 12 years ago that was... Highly intelligent. We really look for English skills. So this kid must have watched a ton of TV and read some books. But he must have come from a very humble family because his wardrobe was very limited. And you can tell that he had certain areas where he needed improvement. But I loved this kid and he was earning well. Because I hired him, and after the first week, he realized something was going on because it's the same clothes, you know, <laughs> after training <laughs> class. But So what do I do with this kid that's trying to reach upward? Okay, so I, I slowed down for a second, and we looked at how much money he was earning that month. Then I said, listen, there are some places that I know of that will rent you a room, for but you can't goof around in there. I mean, this is a place where at least you can get out of where you were living, which is far, now a fraction of is there. This is how much food you can do. This is what you can do. Save this much per month. You're going to have a bank account. You're working with us. So we're going to put it in there. I'm not his father, but the kid never knew a budget before. And he never knew what to do.
1: Hmm. So
0: little by little, he was staying in this place, bought some more clothes at the, at the you know, the Price Mart area, was eating better, showering, consistent, and we did that for a couple of years till he had savings and then the savings turned into the apartment. And then next thing you know, he's a supervisor and, and off and running. And so, wow. And you have to grab pull, and then push up. And that's what hmm. we did. I, I didn't realize it was only a simple, my friend to have the budget because he was earning more than what he needed to get out and start. He hmm. was thinking of big apartment, furniture, the car, stop, just, Get a place and eat peanut butter and jelly, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and have a a hot plate and a shower. And that's a great start. And uh, it was a good start. It's not
1: really about the the resources, right? It's more about the mindset. I think if you have a mindset of uh, wealth and prosperity, uh, you're going to create that. And um, most people just, yeah. Most people just try to get the resources and... Right. uh, But then they overspend or
0: they get signed contracts for percentage rates. Not saying what I did, Leon, was the best way to start business. I did everything in cash. I never took out a loan. I do not have a mortgage. I never maxed out credit cards. Never. I mean, you have these things and you pay them off and stuff, but never a mortgage and never a loan and never a partner just my wife. And so these are the things that protected me, allowed me to make rational decisions instead of desperate decisions. And and to maintain my pace and my reputation because I I paid people that, that was the number one thing is the taxes and paying them first. Hmm. And at the end of every month, I knew what the margin was because I had that down. You need that first. And once you have, that, then build your building. That's my only suggestion for the people.
1: Yeah. What was uh, what were some of your biggest obstacles that you had to overcome in your career to get where you are today?
0: Very good, Leon. It it was attrition. Hmm. Very rarely I I had people that were against the company, but I'm in an industry where there is a large rotation. The average age is mid 20s. The majority of the people that would leave would be natural because of a scheduling conflict for their university. Maybe your girlfriend works at the other center. Could be closer to your home, Leon, or could be just a job that you studied, my friend, and now an opening is there in engineering. Time time to move on. But very rarely, if not never, someone will claim that they were given the walk of shame or they were defaced on the floor. What broke my heart was my innocence. I really thought that when people would write on a resume and fill out my form that they're loyal, they want to grow with the company i'm I'm the person I'm the ace, yeah, but you know, I was disappointed more than I was angry, especially during Covid when certain individuals ran for the hills, and then you had new hires that stepped up the plate and really became champions but i I have a secret. What I like to do, besides looking at people's resumes and whom I hire, I ask them to turn the paper over and give me a couple paragraphs, Leon, in regards to a coming-of-age moment. You, you ask great questions of times when you've changed your life, and those these are coming-of-age moments, and, and you're mm-hmm. spot on, brother. I want to know when you beat up a bully or saved a kitten. Why? Because Leon on his podcast or that million-dollar account, he might ask you a real question. Can you put the selling aside and answer a real question? And so I like to see their depth. I like to gauge their English levels, of course. But um, maybe Leon will give them a nickname. I will remind them when they were at the top of their game on a rainy Wednesday when they're sad. Okay. And these are just the sort of things that I need to know about somebody, if they can zig and if they could zag. There's no straight lines in nature. And there is no quick look up on Google for your generation. Sometimes it's spontaneous. It's your sixth sense. You should love the zig and the zag. That's what makes Montenegro and Costa Rica fresh for Leon and Richard. Mm -hmm. You got to have these sort of little curveballs and wild cards in your life. Right, Leon? Doesn't that keep you on your toes?
1: Definitely, yes. And it makes it interesting also. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, you sent me a message and you said that you own the largest collections of restored American pinball machines. Is that true?
0: I like to think so. I'd love to meet another collector. He's a (laughs) colleague, not a competitor. Oh, my friend. You know what's so funny? Oh, I grew up in the 70s and 80s, but started collecting about 10 years ago. I have a lot of machines with DM on them for Deutschmark. They came from Germany. I got three machines that have coin slots from Germany. Rock on. So anyway, um, no, my generation, oh, the machines in the 70s and 80s were amazing. The arcades were great. Pinball was expensive, tough to play. And so once I started earning well, I decided to spend my money on games before a Rolex. So I buy jukeboxes, pinball machines. I currently have 15 of them. My oldest one's a 1970 Bally's Camelot. Newest one is a mid-90s Arnold Schwarzenegger last action hero and everything in the middle. And they're fun. I mean, guess what, Leon? I got a bunch at home in a game room, but I got at least nine machines here, plus an air hockey table and stuff. But it gives the agents a chance to hang out with other people, to hang out with me, let all steam recharge batteries. It keeps them sharp. Really does. And I think gamification for any company culture is a gold mine. Come on, Leon, what's the word for recess in German? Wasn't that the best time
1: growing up in school? <laughs> recess. Uh, you would call it pause in, in Germany, probably. Yeah, yeah.
0: Exactly. And
1: I was <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> the best time of the
0: day. So, yeah. as adults, why can't we have it? And I'm not asking people, Leon, to come after work during your time to go drinking or do some company event. I didn't do that. You're not coming on a weekend. That's your time. But during office hours, during your lunch or your two breaks, or let's just say, a, you know, a sales meeting, we do it in the game room. We talk over an air hockey team. I mean, that's fun. That's when you get elevated with scoring and screaming and it's made me money because people don't quit, they make best friends. I've even had people fall in love by the Pac-Man machine and get married. Yeah, Pac-Man. And so, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Some business owners would say you should put lockers there, more computers there and have it business related. Well, guess what? This is my company. And like Willy Wonka, I want a river of chocolate in my company. I still want to be young. I still want to have fun. And unlike most call centers' environments, which look like boiler rooms where people burn out, I'm going to pace you, give you accounts that you'll feel good about, and also make you more self-confident. I'm really going to give you that balance and structure and believe in you. I'm going to be a boss that knows your name. So at the end of the day, Leon, I'm that guy. I paid it forward. That's how you run a business, you entrepreneurs and your marketeers and all that good stuff. Do it from the heart. Sell yourself. Surround yourself with the water that you like and the people that you like. Because if you force a fit, it will last for a minute. But if it's something that's solid, it's going to last like Roman concrete forever. And it's considered the best. Yo, Leon, that's why your podcast has such a large audience. And someone like myself listens to it with all of my supervisors and staff. You and I hooked up, and now here we are today. I'm I'm your audience. I'm one of the many people that say, "Yeah, man, we love what you do, Leon." And so I don't have a book or a seminar. I'm a salesman. I'm not selling anything today. I'm an educator, and I'm spending time with my buddy in Montenegro, <laughs> and making sure that he's having a good day.
1: Where well, was? Very nice having you. I'm very glad you came on. And I can feel also the energy that you have, uh, not just the experience in business, but I can feel you're really passionate about what you're doing. And I think that's also one of the most important things for businesses and for success, being passionate. And um, I could feel the passion from you (laughs) the whole time you were talking. Did I answer your sincerity
0: question like 20 minutes ago? I had to show you. At the end of the podcast, you do realize I'm sincerely happy to be here and to be your friend. So if you want to talk about someone that's going to remember my name as I'm going to remember yours 30 years from now, you did it. This is the example for your audience to know. This is the half an hour, hour
1: conversations with people that last a lifetime. It's not yeah. just about making an impression or making a lot of impressions It's also about how deep the impression is, right? It's, that's much more valuable. And you can send out 200 emails to prospects, but, or you send out five emails, but they are really making an impression. And uh, that's more valuable and saves everybody time. And yeah, I you'll think feel better
0: about yourself, Leon, you'll be jumping clouds. It's almost like a romantic death. If he rejects me, at least I put in that due diligence and left that awesome email and voicemail. I can live with myself knowing I put my best foot forward, Leon. Come on, you know that. Even boxers go for power swings and miss from time to time. It just it just happens that way, but at least you went for the power swing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Leon, my <laughs> man with a good podcast. Yeah thank you again for coming on it was really fun and well i I have one last thing for you my friend yes for your
0: amazing audience just not to be hard on yourself as an entrepreneur look at yourself in the mirror at the end of the day looking in your eyes is very important try to give yourself five and when you put your head on the pillow have those entrepreneur moments of clarity after decompressing your stimulation Realize that regardless of the outcome of your day, you did things with honorable intentions. That's what leaders do. If you want to count quarters, that's not the game to play. It's the mindset. It's moving forward that following day, that following round, that following meeting, making that phone call, going into that meeting and being the bigger man by not apologizing, but resetting the tone. Finding your priorities, writing a draft and not sending it, practicing what you're going to say prior so you don't explode. These are the soft skills, Leon, that you have mastered, I have used, and your audience needs to deftly incorporate in their business. And if they do that, they'll be exceptionally successful telling tales on the Liberty Corner podcast with their buddy, Leon. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome, buddy.